In this episode, we will discuss freeing children from playing roles from the book, How to Talk to Kids So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. Raising bilingual children can be a challenge. That's why we have serial dates, where we discuss our experiences and grow as a bilingual family. Let's get cereal, cereal. I wanna get cereal. Let's get cereal. <laughs> no. Welcome back to Cereal Dates, everybody. Bienvenidos. We are on the last chapter of this book series, Book Club. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are on the last chapter, and uh, it is actually been quite the journey for us. I know for me, I have learned so much. Mm-hmm. I can thank Audible for that. Yeah. Because it's just all I do is listen to it on the way to work and on the way home. So how have you had, did, like, did you enjoy this this run? Yeah. I think I think we have a lot going on, uh, especially with our oldest. And so we're trying to figure out. Implementation. Yeah. And I, I think <laughs> And he's every, too smart for some of this. <laughs> everything is good in theory and then when you apply it, you know, it's like hmm. Well, I think I think like with anything, it, it takes practice to really kinda settle in and get used to what's coming. And there may be some opposition in the beginning, but over time, just like anything else, like routines, mm-hmm. over time he'll also settle in and we'll start to see some amazing things out of them. And I, and I, I've already seen a lot. Yeah. I also think that for me specifically, like for you, you're learning this and it's the first time you're learning it. Right. I've read this book multiple times and have used it to great success in the classroom, but it is so different when it's your own child. Do you think that you're Mm -hmm. more accountable for following the book because I'm doing it with you? Yeah, for sure. Just kind of curious about. Well, curious it's about like that. we're on the same page, so there's less frustration. Like if if I was just reading it by myself, and you you had no idea, and we're in the middle of a bedtime struggle, and you say something that goes completely against, like if Mateo says I'm not tired, and you're like, or yeah, you're like, yes, you are. You didn't take a nap today. Like you dismiss right. his feelings. Um, you know. Right. I, I, can, I, can see, I can see where you're coming with that. No, but not seriousness. Like this book has really enlightened me in a lot of different ways. Um, primarily by putting me in a position to see Matteo in a completely different perspective. Mm-hmm. And not, I'm not that I'm saying that Matteo is the Guinea pig, but I know there's a lot of lessons I will learn with Matteo in preparation for Elias. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about what this, uh, book will bring because i think elias will give us lots of opportunities for practice oh he already is <laughs> oh we're not supposed to label because that's i did i just said lots of opportunities yes, i never but put you a can't label. think it either you can't think it how do our thoughts of labeling our children <laughs> affect our children powerful stuff. powerful stuff <laughs> but anyways we are on chapter six of the book um this time yeah, And there is a chapter seven, but we're not going to go into it because it's primarily about putting it all together and mm-hmm. giving some more examples of how to intertwine them. And, you know, I think we can end the book and this specific podcast with kind of 
a overview or not overview. We don't want to do it long. Just some key takeaways. Just things that we loved about the book. Yeah, I, I like yeah. that. We'll go chapter by chapter with key takeaways. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, like personally, key personal for key each chapter. Yeah, it's only six chapters. Nah, I was just saying overall, like uh, okay, fine. like elevator pitch for the book. Gotcha. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, you're getting an elevator with the CEO of a company you want to work for. That's 30 seconds to talk to them and tell them why they should hire you. Yeah. Or in my old industry of music, you have 30 seconds to pitch them your hook of a song and capture their attention so they can make... (laughs) Jamona. Anyways. (sighs) Chapter six. It's crazy that we've gone through this book. Mm -hmm. It is... and and seeing some of the some of you guys out there in um interacting with us on Instagram through this whole deal has been inspiring as well for us to really push forward because we also have like almost this accountability mm-hmm. with everybody that we are engaged with. Right. So I've I've really enjoyed that journey there too. Absolutely. So let's but, get started. Let's get started. How old are our kids? Three and one. Three and one. No three in one month and well, yeah, three in one a month. year in one month. Yes. Three in one month and a okay, year. Okay, so thirty seven months and actually Elias is about to be two, they're they're both about to be three years and two months and one year and two months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just one and three. Okay. I like that. Okay, how about when it's one and a half, we'll say one and a half. We can do the half. Three and a half. We can do the half mark. I like Sounds that. Sounds good. Parenting moment. Hmm. I think you can take this. Today you were home with both. I was home the with them day. for a large majority of the day. Uh-huh. Well, first off, I didn't get much sleep today. Um, I came home, probably was in bed at about three. I think I fell asleep around three, after three, somewhere mm-hmm. between three and 3.30. And then I know you woke up at five or 5.30 mm-hmm. um, and shining the bathroom light on directly into my pupils while I was sleeping. Oh. And then I was up by 7.30. So I was groggy, but I definitely started my day off with, you know what, these are, these kids are mine. I got to start I got to start strong. It's my first day off. Um, and, I mean, we just really just kind of just started playing. Nothing, nothing extravagant. Uh, said goodbye to you as you went to work. And got to a point where we all wanted to go outside. And it was after uh, Elias's first nap, which he only had one today anyway. Uh, and me and Mateo played while he was napping. But then when he was up, we um, ate a big lunch. Mateo didn't eat as much, but Elias ate a lot. And then we went outside and we just played. We played in the sandbox. We jumped on our little miniature trampoline. We built a fire. Like uh, it was, we spent hours out there. And then I got home and spent another hour yeah. <laughs> out there. But then I got to go to it the gym. It was such a nice day. Yeah. Then I got, but I felt great today. And I think it was because me and the kids were on the same wavelength. We were, our energy was just back and forth with each other. It was great. It really was. And even tonight when he came back from Gigi's, he was wanting to play with me. And um, I think it's one of the. Oh, yeah. You called me a party pooper. I did? Yes, you did. Oh, yeah, because you were telling us to go to bed. Well, okay. I'm going to paint a picture. Elias, our one-year-old, is already asleep. Mateo and John are (laughs) running through the house screaming 
We weren't screaming. Well, per and se. then and then John hides <clears throat> right in front of Elias's door. Like what? But what he doesn't that? ever look down that hallway because the light is <laughs> well, off. Now he does. And now you gave away my secret hiding position to sneak around behind him when he goes into his room, and I can get away. Thanks, mom. Party pooper. Party pooper. So for those dads out there that go against moms because you want that little bit of extra playtime with your kids, I salute you. My wife's giving me the stare down right now, and I know all of you know what that's like. So uh, keep it together. Keep it together. So that was really the parenting moment. It's just today with the kids was great, and I think it really started off with I have to be on my like a game because Mm -hmm. you're gone all day long. Mm -hmm. So it was success. Good job. Yes. Way to go. I don't know. Not good job. Not good job. Growth mindset. I know. Blanca, what have you done with us? You persevered. I (laughs) persevered. Don't you listen and talk to me like a kid that listens and talks to you? What? I don't know. I was trying to say, stop using the book on me. Oh, I'm not you. It's not uh, uh, ever uh, about uh, using it on someone. Well, you it's try to do that, just like I try to do Dale Carnegie's "How to Win Friends and Manipulate or Influence People." That's such a good book. We've all heard that. I know. I love the book, and I love changing the title. It's funny. Um. Well, that's the parenting moment. Just had a good day. It's just me boasting about my awesome day. I don't get a full day very often. That's true. <laughs> so uh, I was pretty happy about that. All right. Are we ready to jump into this? Mm-hmm. What's our chapter called? Freeing children from playing roles. So what is playing roles? If you label a child, like I think the beginning of the chapter talks about um, when the baby was born and he wasn't breathing, the nurse was like, oh, this one's a stubborn one. And the mom didn't like, was like, how would you tell that from just 30 seconds of, you know, a baby's life. But then that stayed in her mind throughout the child's life when he wouldn't cooperate, when he didn't want to go to school, when he didn't want to get dressed. She kept thinking of, oh, yeah, he's a stubborn one. She was right. And so I think sometimes um, we put these roles like we we put the these labels. Way, yeah, I was gonna say that's mm-hmm. the better to me. That's the better term because it makes a little bit more sense. That well, the, but the you play out the, the the label, right? You play out the role of that 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 label represents, right? So stubborn or yeah, he's an honorary one. That was uh-huh. that was common in my family. Yeah, labels. This this one's all about. We kind of called Aaliyah's grumpy for a while. Well, I mean, he scowled at you. How could you not? Yeah. Like for the first like almost three for months. The first four or five months. Yeah. <laughs> it's um no, but the labels the labels is I think it's just more like a natural coping mechanism because you don't necessarily know what's going on. So you just kinda put a tag on it to kind of identify what's going mm-hmm. on. And so you can cope with whatever emotion that child's going through mm-hmm. or what, what they're presenting to you. Mm-hmm. Um but some key takeaways for me on this chapter were um, my favorite was probably, you know, actually modeling, modeling the behavior you want to see. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think that one stuck out to me the most be, is because Mateo has a hard time with sharing. 
with his brother. Yeah. With his brother, mm-hmm. he will do it great with everybody else. Like I took him out the other night, and he well, was, not gr- I wouldn't say great. He was on his absolute best behavior when we were out at um, the baby shower and the get together. Right when me and him went solo, we we made an observation from that that all the children there. It was mainly adults, first off. Right. And all the children were old, much older than him. Which one are you talking about? At the party. What party are you talking about? I'm talking about when when me and Mateo went solo. Yeah, I know. Weren't the children 7 and 11? Those children. Oh, I was thinking about the one-year-old he was sharing his car with. Oh, no. So that that child was Elias' age. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Well, it seems to me from observations that he's able to share and interact really well with older children and obviously loves chatting with adults, but with his brother and sometimes at school, he's getting better. He struggles right. with quote unquote sharing. Right. And, and, and that's such a hard concept for kids anyway, as it is. But I, I think that the reason for the modeling behavior that you want to see stuck out to me is we've never really, exemplified how to share with Elias. I mean, I, the best example I can give is if Elias is wanting to play with something, you know, going out of my way to share, if I'm playing with Mateo as well, sharing what I'm currently playing mm-hmm. with, with Elias. Mm-hmm. So he can see the simplicity of, well, you know, I really want to play with this, but I see you want to play with it as well. So here you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, as adults, if, for example, if you're quote unquote playing building with Duplo and the baby comes in and wants to take it, you're not going to complain about it. Right. So you have to kind of step back and put yourself in his, in the toddler's shoes or, you know, the child who you're trying to model something to. Right. And think, what would he struggle with? What would be his internal dialogue during this? And how can I, how can I kind of express what I would be thinking? Right. You know, because again, Elias comes and wants to take my Duplo. I don't have an issue with it. But I could say, yeah, I really want to play with this right now. Let me finish this tower and then you can use it or something like that. Or you can join in and build with me. Or yeah, would you like to put a piece right over here? So yeah, I think that's important and something that we do. We've been doing a lot at school for everybody, especially this year in terms of play. Right. Which is actually kind of shocking. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a body of research on COVID. children during the pandemic because I have seen a decline in, in play and knowing how to play over the years, you know, from from the first year of bilingual family to now, you know, almost a decade. I've seen a decline in play, but this year is like extreme. Right. Where you literally have to show children like, oh, if you want to play with someone, you have to say, can I play with you? You know, or you have to like really modeling those conversations. Right. Yeah. And and another takeaway that I really liked is um, you you kind of give them the task of a skill or... Um, you just give them the task that you want them to do. For instance, mm-hmm. since Mateo's is, I'm using him as sharing because that's the best exam. That's the best way for me to explain it. Mm-hmm. I would say, well, Mateo, it really looks like Elias wants to play with something. Can you get him one of those toys you're not playing with? 
mm-hmm. and it gives him the task to share. Mm-hmm. You you provide him, you you prompt him to do the task of sharing, right? And between modeling that, and then even using uh, labels as a um, kind of like a reverse. Oh right, like. When he does give something to mm-hmm. Elias, you know. No, that was thoughtful of you. That like, was thoughtful. You, you know that Elias really likes the baby tiger and you gave that one to him. That was thoughtful of you. Exactly. I think you, you've been modeling even before this chapter. Uh, like when you would tell him like, put your hand out and maybe he'll give it to you. Like, Elias, can I have it? Um, I definitely feel it's more polished now right, having read ha- that chapter. Of course. But even... Like finding something else to play with. I don't know if I've told you this story from school, but uh, a little boy came and like knocked down all his stuff on in his. It was in his work mat, Montessori mm-hmm. work mat, and um, and instead of like this typical reaction, like screaming or you know crying or something like that, he said, "Little boy's name. What happened? What happened?" This this was my work. Your work is over there in the this whole thing is in English. Your work is over there in the mat. Let's let me help you find something you can play with. <laughs> I was like, so I guess what? he I guess he is taking these lessons. Right. And he's applying them. That's awesome. So that's exciting actually. Yeah. Now he just has to do that with uh his brother. Yeah, we just we just got to find a way to get him to translate it here with his brother. That's exactly right. I know we've said this in the past, but in case you haven't heard the background kind of relationship between these two. Mateo loves to build very intricate cities and buildings and vehicles. And Elias as a typical one-year-old, loves knocking everything down. Right. So it's like... We have an architect and a demolition. Exactly. (laughs) That is the best way to put it. Yeah. So... Hey, you're putting labels. Crap. (laughs) So this this chapter starts off with a really cool story, and I'll let you kind of explain that because that one's fresh on your mind. The puzzle pieces. Right. But it's a really cool story about um, where labels can easily set in mm-hmm. or you can choose to i guess set up a growth mindset scenario yeah, for the well, child. Well, and the interesting thing about that example with the puzzle is at no point do the parents give the child a label, but because of the way they're speaking to the child, the child internalizes that and gives himself his own label. Right. So one was like, "Are you sure did you, uh, do you think you can do this? Did you finish your math homework? Like, okay, let me start over. The child wants to join in a puzzle that the parents are working on. So the first scenario, the parents like, are you, did you finish your homework? That was, it was kind of hard for you. Um, and then the dad's like, I can check the math problems, blah, blah, blah. And then once they actually, the child starts working on it, um, they're like, well, do you know how to put it? I don't remember exactly. Right. Word for word. But basically, when I read that, I was like, I feel dumb. I feel like I'm not capable. They don't think I'm smart enough to help them with this puzzle. Right. And I forgot about that. Yeah. The fir- first part of the chapter opens up with putting a scenario base and asking how you feel right. about what your parents would say. The second one was like basically annoyed. Like, I I want my I want my 
private time, you go watch TV or do something else, like just annoyed. And then the third example was, I like you, like you're a likable person and sure you can join. I, I see you tried putting it here. I was going to say, yeah, they there tried, was growth mindset in there. Yeah. They, they, the child tried to put it in there and they're like, almost, it looks similar or something like that. Right. And then they explained. And he the said, edge. typically, typically, which it's all, always, but I think saying typically, um, the flat edge, the flat sides go on the edges. It's like not making you feel like an idiot, right? <laughs> right. You're you're just providing a little right. bit of guidance, but like still allowing. Like sometimes what works to, for me, I say that a lot at school. Like sometimes for me, it works to do this. Right, and and that whole beginning really sets the pace for this chapter. Mm-hmm. So, we, for you listeners out there, if you haven't read this chapter yet, make sure you really dive into those scenarios and really try to put yourself in those positions. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just glance over and say, "Yo, yeah, I get it." Like really try to get in that role and that critical thinking of what would I say? What, mm-hmm. How would I feel? That's where I really th- think pairing the book with the audiobook is helpful because for me reading it, and maybe it's because I'm more of an auditory learner, for me just reading that example, I don't get that feeling as I do when I hear someone saying, you know, oh, poor you, you know, or do you need help? Something like that. Right. When I hear it, I feel that. Yeah, there was there was a lot of, um, I guess, role playing in this chapter mm-hmm. at the beginning and kind of really showing you. It, it did a great job of really trying to put you Make in you your child's feel, yeah. shoes. Mm-hmm. To free children from playing roles, just the, the reminder that they get. They give uh, the examples, you know. Number one, like looking for opportunities to show the child a new picture of himself or herself. Mm-hmm. Um, like the example they give is you've had that toy since you were three and it almost looks like new. Therefore, showing that they take care they're of their care items. Of things, right. And you never say, you always take care of your items. That's right. so great. They just said, look at that specific toy, right? That specific. And that's the thing. They may have a, they may have like 10 toys that look like crap mm-hmm. because they just don't take care of them. But they took that one toy mm-hmm. that is still nice and new looking and it's been with them for a while. Mm-hmm. They use that as to add that quote to unquote label right. to the child, that reverse label to get the child to think, well, I, can't I am take somebody, care of I, this, I know yeah. how to take, I can do this. Right. I mean, look at this one that I did. Right. And then they may in turn start taking care of those 10 toys that look like crap exactly. a little bit better. Right. Um, number two is put children in situations where they can see themselves differently. And that's the example I was giving earlier where Mateo doesn't like to share with his brother. Mm-hmm. But if I give him the task of sharing, a task that he's willing to do because it doesn't mm-hmm. involve his current play, such mm-hmm. as, hey, you're not playing with those toys and Elias is looking for something to play. Mm-hmm. Could you give him one of those toys to play with? And that's him grabbing a toy to share with Elias while he's focusing on something else. Mm-hmm. Number three, let children overhear you say something positive about them. I, I was kind of in, well. I was kind of indifferent about that because you've also mentioned you know don't talk about the children oh, when the they're right there. Too. Yeah, and the book has too. So I was kind of confused on that one. So uh-huh. what's your thoughts on that? Well, in this case, it's it's more like they they're not part of the conversation. In the other, in the earlier example where it said don't talk about children in front of them. I don't know how I would see it differently, but the way I see this is like maybe Mateo's playing in the hallway, right? And we know he can hear us talking. Right. 
because he's always listening. I know. <laughs> Thank God he hasn't repeated what he's heard me say. <laughs> what? And so we're in the kitchen and we just happen to speak pretty loudly and we say, oh, when we went to that baby shower, he was playing with with the, what was it, Duplo? Duplo, And cars. then before before he got the cars out, he put the Duplo up and he made sure he asked the adult, you know, whoever was in charge, if they if he could get the cars out. Right. And Things apparently like that. that would made a pretty big impact because um, Shayla, she was there and she she talked about that. She was like, your kid is amazing. And of course, me being proud dad. And I was like, hell yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I did that with help from my wife. I did that. I would be like, um, you haven't seen him at her house. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Mama Joe was the same way. And he it, still talks about it. He's like, I, my plan is I want to do this and go to Mama Joe's house. But it, what was crazy <laughs> is I guess his behavior was really good. It got like every single adult that was there because mm-hmm. he, it wasn't really a, a bring your child thing. I was stopping by on the way home from another event right. to say hi. You guys were party hopping. But yeah, me and Mateo were part. We're just party hopping, you know, bar hopping, going from one place to the other. <laughs> um, but apparently, his he he had some sort of energy about him that each adult at one point in time got down to play with him oh, yeah. on the ground. <laughs> Mama Joe, her husband Shayla, Pemberton's wife um, Ashley, like every single one, somebody got down <laughs> and was playing with him. It was so funny. Uh, number four, the other key takeaway that I really enjoyed was model the behavior you'd like to see. So you mm-hmm. yourself showing the behavior you are working mm-hmm. on with your child. Mm-hmm. One, it gives them an example of how it works. And two, they can see it in action. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something we could work on um, in terms of modeling is frustration when something isn't working how we want it to. I think they use that example in there. Really? Yeah. it's um, One of them was... Maybe it was, I can't remember if this chapter, we've read all these chapters now, they might be starting to blur together. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, The mom goes, instead of, if you left your keys in the house, instead of saying, man, I'm so dumb, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, and yeah. Instead, she's like, well, I forgot my keys. What can I do to make it that I don't forget my keys? And she mm-hmm. starts showing how to talk to yourself to, and like problem and solve. not put yourself down. Down, right. So. Yeah. Cause, no, I agree with that. Because. Especially when he's building and has, he he has something grand in his mind that he wants to build, a picture of it. But his motor skills sometimes don't match that. Right. <laughs> and so he might be either wanting to build it faster or just is not able to put the pieces together just right and as quickly as he thought, you know, for whatever reason. It falls apart because it didn't have enough... Um, like a strong foundation or, right. you know, and uh, he gets very frustrated. So we can work on that. Um, he no, probably gets that from you, not me. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> number five, be a storehouse for your child's special moments. So acknowledging, mm-hmm. you know, things that have happened in the past. Don't just right. Don't just talk about their behaviors currently, but reminding them of the behaviors that they did super well with in that happened maybe like three weeks ago, a month ago. Mm-hmm. You remember when you uh, gave up your toy to Elias so that way he would stop crying because you knew he was sad? Mm-hmm. You were very empathetic towards his emotions there and you gave him a toy. 
Right. And it and it made him happy. He went from sad to being happy. You remember that? And like get their brain to think a little bit, mm-hmm. and, you know, to recall an incident. Right. Um, so I guess you're just a backup hard drive of memories. <laughs> Number six, when your child acts accordingly to the old label, state your feelings and or your expectations. I think I have a little, that one's hard for me. That one was probably the hardest for me to really, um, because in that moment, you're frustrated mm-hmm. and kind of like what you were saying, we need to work on our frustration. Cause I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Like when I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated. I, I shut Mateo, down. Mateo. I shut down. <laughs> Mateo. Is that what I do? Yeah. I don't know. I'm usually half asleep when I'm doing that, <laughs> but I feel like I shut down. Yeah. First step, get sleep. Yes. Number one. And then you can actually apply the things from the book. Show up. And then apply the book. Show up. Show up. If those of you that haven't watched uh, The Bilingual Family, Daniela goes through a really cool little show up instructional. Thank you. I showed up today. Yeah, you did. I haven't done a wow project. This is my wow project tonight. There you go. Because I'm like feeling the energy. I'm feeling the vibe. I've had a great day. Went to the gym. Feeling strong. All five foot five of me. (laughs) Anyways. um, (laughs) When your child acts accordingly to the old label, state your feelings and your expectations. So the example they say is, I don't like that. Despite your strong feelings, I expect sportsmanship from you. So in a case mm-hmm. where the child is showing bad right. sportsmanship. I, I also like the one where I'm assuming the child wanted to wear like old jeans to the wedding. Right. And so the expectations are when you go to a wedding, you show respect by, you know, dressing Appropriately. Well, appropriately, yeah. Yeah. Showing respect. So through. I can't go to a wedding in a Speedo. I got it. Not again. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> or did it? So the book the book will then continue on to uh, some stories that were going on like you were talking about. Um, and some examples of things that parents would naturally say. Things like, you're sloppy, act your age, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 we want to try to avoid that. And... You know, you and I had an interesting conversation before we came in here where we we're just kind of discussing what we we're going to talk about. You mentioned that I really don't think some parents would say some of the examples that they that they do. Mm-hmm. Where in the back of my mind, because you grew up in Colombia, uh, for me growing up in the 1990s, uh, a lot of this sounds familiar from that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And when I was opening the book, I realized this was written in 1980. Mm-hmm. So... The times have Around progressed, time, yeah. But yeah, it makes sense. So, and I and I also think that you know, there's still a lot of like. I think society doesn't really. This, this is a personal opinion of mine. Mm-hmm. I I grew up going to public school. The first eighteen years of my life before I finally enter adulthood, there is nowhere in that time of education that you are taught what it's like to be a parent. Or how to prepare mm-hmm. to be a parent. Or yeah, even that that class. What is it? There's the like a class there's like school? a parenting class in high school. Uh, like life. I didn't. Or I didn't like take it, but I went. I I went to it as my adolescence field study in college. Uh-huh. And I was just like, this is not. Not I think that's one of those classes you take that the you baby. take it. Yeah, you you take the class to kind of do a blow off. Class. Oh yeah, but you take the baby home and all that stuff. Yeah, it's not. And, 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 I, just and, and even... I think that's a terrible way to look at it because there are people that can grow up 
like I mean, that may not want children, mm-hmm. but nowhere does it prepare you for life. Relationships in life. I think it a prepares you for it prepares right. you for more education. Like your education doesn't stop. You're going to have to do this even more because the next step is college, but they don't prepare you for life. They don't teach you about taxes, finances, um, just life responsibilities, how to change a tire, how to change your oil, things like that. And well, and even before that, I think like the very first chapter should be part of our education. Absolutely. Acknowledging feelings like algebra, you know, geometry, hey, hey, whatever. Don't you hate Acknowledging on feelings. No, I'm saying like those are the, <laughs> the courses. Like, right. you know, it's history, a part of a core. History, um, English, social norms, and then <laughs> no. acknowledging feelings. Like a whole semester on acknowledging feelings. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think I think those things can be taught more in elementary. And that's where the progress from there will grow. Mm -hmm. And then once you reach like eighth grade into high school is where you focus more on the education side. Here's what I actually think now that I think about it. (laughs) (laughs) It, it shouldn't be the responsibility of the education system. No, I agree. But the problem with that, it is the family's responsibility. But to teach these things at home, if all you know Correct. is what right. your parents taught, right, and they raised you according to the best of their knowledge, that's true. I agree. I definitely think there should be some sort of parenting class. Yeah, I really do, and and it sucks because parenting is there's no baseline, there's no foundation. You can't really tell somebody how to parent because think about it. If somebody's told you, you're doing that all wrong with Mateo, mm-hmm. like you just need to let him be a kid, which we are. Right. But the way we are, a lot of people probably know. I know for a fact that there's a lot of people that don't agree with how we do it. Mm-hmm. Like what? Uh, the fact that we don't let him just do whatever he wants. The fact that we don't let him watch TV. Mm. Yeah. Like we do let him now 10 minutes at a time once a day. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so many parents out There's a lot just of so hard. It is <laughs> no matter what you do, you can it, do there, it. There's you a could subje- be doing it wrong. There, there's a lot of it that's <laughs> subjective, and the thing is, we're all individuals, and children mm-hmm. are going to retain and understand information at different paces throughout life. There, some of it just may not ever breach, you know, their brain, and they may never understand certain concepts. Mm-hmm. So parenting is very, very, very dip, um, difficult. It's mm-hmm. very confusing. And sometimes I just want to curl up into a ball and say, why? But I have you. I have all everyone that's here with us today listening. We can get through this together. So will somebody please send me a nice bottle of bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> No, but but I do believe there are some aspects that we can put in there into our regular school. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think yeah, I sure. think if you were to attack like understanding feelings mm-hmm. in the kindergarten age to mm. like third grade, mm-hmm. where you really jump into you know society. Well, if with kinder- other children, if kindergarten was kindergarten. Well, it's kindergarten no, was kindergarten for me. Kindergarten is like second grade now. Yeah. 
Okay, that's the story for another Okay, we're getting off our soapbox. We're we're kind of getting off tangent here. What (sighs) did you love about the book? Because I think we're done with this chapter. Yes. What I loved about the book, I I honestly, this doesn't really answer the question that people probably want to hear. They probably want to hear a definitive answer. Mm -hmm. But because I am new to a lot of these concepts, what I loved most about the book is every chapter, there was something more not entertaining, but just like eye-opening mm, for me. Mm-hmm. Like some of the examples they give, I'm like, oh, I do that. And then they show an example and I'm like, oh. Right. I get it. Right. And then whenever I'd go and apply those methods mm-hmm. and really, like really apply, not just, okay, let me try this. No, it's like, I'm going to do this. Right. Yeah, like the mentality goes to my head. It's like, because you know me, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and I don't stop until it's done. Right. So when I made the decision to go do something, it's like I the results are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing this for a while now, and I only took Mateo out the other night just recently. So mm-hmm. to see him behave the way that he did, almost almost unsupervised. He was right next to me. Mm-hmm. But I was engaged in conversation at the same time. I could watch him while I'm having a conversation. Right. And to see him behave the way that he did with essentially no supervision, because I wasn't on him constantly, right. was so rewarding. I, I, I just don't know how else to explain it. Mm-hmm. I It's like that moment, like that proud parent moment. You're like, hell yeah. So I really wanted to say a different word because like that's the only way I could. What different word? It starts with an F. And ends oh. with an uck. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, this is our our level of um, censorship. Because I think I did a, a Instagram post where instead of saying like, hell yeah, I put H-E double, um, double hockey, hockey sticks. Stick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I have no filter. And like I'm really tame. You have one right now in front of the microphone. I know. I'm tame here. Mm. But like, I really just, I really want to be like, yeah, look yeah. at what my, look at what my boy did. Look at that. He That's is my boy. <laughs> he's, he's being respectful. He's cleaning up shit. He's putting it back. That's what I think every day when I go to school with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Except my, uh, my tone is a little different. Instead of like, that's my boy. I'm like, that's my boy. <laughs> well, they can't see your face, so it may sound like you're crying in like, joy. Joy. No, it's like you. It's more I like can't make it. that's my that, boy. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Question: I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's no. Anyway, stop labeling. What I loved <laughs> about this book. Um, probably more so as a parent now than when I've read it in the past are the examples mm-hmm. because I think, yeah, you can read all the, because you can read all the theory and it makes sense in theory. <laughs> That's why it's called theory. Exactly. But when you actually read the examples and you're a parent, it's, it's like, oh, somebody else has gone through this. Right. Oh, my kid's not the only one that does this. Oh, I'm not the only one that loses their shizzle with their kid. You right. know? Right. And so having those examples and the exercises, like to to actually think about what the chapter was about. Right. 
and put it into practice before you start applying it with your child. Those to me are the biggest um, attributes of the book. Right. I, I think so. But I agree with that. But you found a quote that I really loved. So after after this chapter, it's more about um, like letters from readers talking about oh, this worked for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes on to like, yes, but, or what if, mm-hmm. where skeptical parents or parents that tried something and it didn't work, right? they actually put that in the book, and that way the book can kind of help them, help guide them for mm-hmm. a better... Even more examples. Uh, right. A better way to do it, or maybe try it this way next time. Uh-huh. So that way, you know, because I think, I think sometimes you just need a different perspective to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. you're you're so in it you're every day you're so in it sometimes it's like listening to that whistle in your car eventually you become tone deaf to it Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing you you see that every day so you do the choice but it maybe just maybe it's a choice or maybe it's a threat disguised as a choice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. things like that right and so they call it out but there's a part in there called the native tongue and I, it caught my attention because I was like, oh, it's fitting. Maybe it's uh, something to do with bilingualism. And it was not. <laughs> it still is. Philosophically, it is not. Okay. But <clears throat> it's, it's called their native tongue. And I'll just read this whole little segment um, from the book. Our mentor, Dr. Haim Janot, or Gano. I think they said Janot. I don't know. <laughs> Janot? Janot? Dr. Haim wasn't born in the United States. He came to this country from Israel as a young adult. It was here that he studied for his doctorate, published his books, and ran parent guidance groups. When we first joined one of his groups, we remember complaining to him about how hard it was to change old habits. Quote, unquote. We find ourselves starting to say something to the kids stopping, tripping over our own tongues. Well, he listened thoughtfully, and then he replied, to learn a new language is not easy. For one thing, you will always speak with an accent. But for your children, it will always be their native tongue. Mm -hmm. So as we go throughout our parenting journey together, and we trip over our attempts to bring this See book it, to life right. Say the right as we thing. make mistakes and mm-hmm. we push those little progress steps, push further up the steps. To us, it may sound like, man, I just can't get this right. Mm-hmm. But as I've already seen with Mateo, when we're out in public, it's working. Mm-hmm. And he knows I have to be respectful. I need to clean up my mess before I move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something small. But to see him recognize that these aren't his toys and they're somebody else's and he needs to respect them by cleaning it up when he's done playing, like that's a big win for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that, you know, I, I mess this book up day in and day out. And I guess you can say that's my accent. Right. But... Mateo clearly. Or even acknowledging feelings, which we both struggle with. But clearly. And he, if he sees somebody in distress at school, he will stop what he's doing and make sure that friend is okay. 
Absolutely. So. And therefore, our accent, so to speak, quote unquote accent, our mess ups, our slip ups that we personally see, our own flaws in attempting to use this book as guidance, Mateo, that's what he knows. Mm-hmm. So let that be a glimmer of hope for Elias. <laughs> <laughs> no labels, no labels, no labels. <laughs> All right. Do you have a parenting moment? Or, I already did a I'm parenting sorry, a moment. joke? But I will leave you all with a joke. And before I do this joke, I really, I really want to say thank you guys for hanging in there with us, listening to our funny attempts and stories from this book. And, and, and if you really enjoyed this type of, a, this like book series, club, yeah. of book club for the podcast, let us know the more, the more you tell us what you guys want to get out of us, the more we'll provide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we do this for us primarily because it's just us, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Processing, like, processing the day <laughs> and whether or not, uh, what we did was correct or incorrect and what we're know, learning, what we're learning along the way. But if you, if you, if there's something specific you want to know about with bilingualism, with Montessori, with why is dad so cool, you know, <laughs> send us a message. I'll, I mean, we all need, we all need help. Yeah. We all and, have and questions. And also, I mean, it, I, I enjoyed the book club. Um, if you did too, send us book ideas. Yeah. Oh, oh. Ooh, I got one. I got one. Let's on the next book club. No. I know what you're saying. Going to say you have no idea what Lord I'm of the say. Rings or The Hobbit or something. What do you mean or something? One of those, those. are great books. Okay. Okay, fine. No Lord of the Rings or only, The Hobbit. Only nonfiction. What are you saying? That Middle Earth isn't real. I'm sorry. Did I burst your bubble? I think you set off a trigger moment. I'm triggered. <laughs> We'll start with Fellowship of the Rings, and then we'll move into the Two Towers, and then Return of the King. No. All right, dad joke. So you guys don't listen to me ramble on about fantasy fiction. So I went to the chiropractor. I've been going to the chiropractor, as Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And he was telling me, you know, yoga is also something you can do. It's also an antidepressant. I was like, yeah, sounds like a bit of a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) but um no no it's pretty good it's pretty good what did the dad buffalo say to his kid before he went off to college i know this one bye son son. (laughs) (laughs) what do you call a cow with no legs i know it too because you've told me before then what is it ground beef (laughs) (laughs) what do you call a t-rex that sells weapons what? A T-Rex that sells weapons. <laughs> like bombs, grenades, guns. Arms dealer? Something about arms. A small arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the right track. Uh, okay, just one dad joke. Know, save, the, save them for the next episode. Did you know that there are more planes in this sea than there are submarines in the air? I mean, it's plain to see. Okay. 
here's here's what I want to leave you with. Next episode is our one year anniversary. So Can I do one more. Yes. What kind of doctor was Doctor Pepper? I don't know. Physician. Physician. <laughs> okay. This is what I want to leave you with. No, people are not. We promise John's only going to tell one joke next week. But it is built up. I'm sorry. Next week is our one year anniversary. Yeah. And, and, you all might be surprised, but our box of cereal did not last the entire year. No, in fact, we haven't had cereal for our cereal dates. We need to get back on it. We have coffee. Can't call it a coffee date. We, we need it. So, tune in next week. Is it going to be like a special episode? Yes. Hmm. Plus, okay. What do could you, it be? Do you know how difficult, like I'm going to celebrate us right now. Celebrate. You know how difficult it is to stay consistent. Come on. (laughs) To stay consistent for an entire... We have not missed a single Tuesday for a whole year. We've gotten close. Very. Like very, very very close. close. Like today. Like, Like an hour and a half close. Right. So, tune in next week. Next time on Serial Dates. <laughs> Comments, questions, concerns, general consensus about the world or universe around us? No. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us in this book club. I had a blast. I know you did. We learned a lot. We cried a lot. Mostly cried. Um, but we did it. <laughs> and we're still doing it. Yeah. So... That being said, we'll see you next time. Annyeonghaseyo. Adios. Raising bilingual children can be a challenge. Our program makes it possible by providing a fun, easy-to-use guide for parents. This guide will teach you how and when to use Spanish at home in order to make the most of your time together as a family. We provide you with everything you need to know about raising bilingual children, including storytime videos, songs, activities, and more. All of our content is designed specifically for families and will help you speak Spanish with your child from birth through age six, all while having fun. Head over to bilingualfamily.us and click on Español Juntos to get started. Con amor, Daniela.